Welcome to another episode of RJ Bell's Dream Preview MLB Edition, episode 26. My name is Taylor Ringle. My co-host to my left on Zoom is Griffin Warner and Griff. Before you say anything, I do have a very amazing announcement to tell our listeners. What's that? Supporters. We have a third episode. Let's go. Third episode per week, baby. We got three episodes. We already do the Monday episode, the Friday episode, but we will give you a third episode on Wednesdays in the middle of the week. We're really excited here at pregame to have the opportunity to give you three MLB episodes per week. Myself and Griffin, we're putting a lot more work in. We're giving you a lot more information to get your bets right. Griff, I mean, I'm excited, as you can see. What are, what are we feeling right now? I was going to say, I'm not really to the left of you, uh, unless you're just hiding out in my apartment. But, uh, yeah, right. um, I'm very pumped about a third episode. Uh, we were bookending everyone's week, um, bringing you into it, the work week, uh, unfortunately. and then we were, But we were leading you out of it. But now we're giving you a little bit more, a little bit more seasoning for your steak. If you want it well done, uh, don't sit next to me. But uh, some people do it that way. A little ketchup on it. If you're uh, if you're one of those, please stay you're far a, away from me. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, weird. But you know, um, not sure how we got down this path. But uh, unfortunately, we have to address our zero and two last week in best bets. Uh, we'll. I don't know about yours, but I will say Logan Webb uh, was awesome. And the Giants had numerous chances to score a man from third base with less than two out. Uh, could not do it. Love striking out with the bases loaded. I'm looking at you, Wilmer Flores. And was a pretty tough series overall for the Giants because they had a lot of those games in hand. Uh, blew two of them, in my uh, humble opinion, and nearly came back today. So lost series three, one, but deserved a lot better. And I think that's going to only offer some more opportunity for us to back the giants. Maybe not this weekend against when they host the reds, but uh, what about your best bet? My best bet was the blue Jays minus one twenty nine, and ended an eight to seven loss against the white Sox. The blue Jays came back, scored two in the ninth, cut the lead to one. This is the second week in a row where I was, Let's just face it, I was blue balls because the Cardinals, <laughs> the Cardinals scored, I think, five in the ninth, and they lost 6-5, I think it was, last week. And now I got this one again this week. Blue Jays had a, a you know, had a, a incredible comeback. And uh, Jose Barrios has had a off year. I thought this was a great way to bounce off of a, a really nice win against the Yankees at home. And he did not do well. He lasted... Four innings, left six earned, nine hits, and three long balls. And Lance Lynn, uh, he didn't do that great either. He went five innings, left three earned, four, five of them runs. So you know what? We're uh, we're off to a, a slow start, but we have a third episode per week. So we're going to get yeah, right back to know, it. We're giving you more content every week. More chances at two and O's. Uh, I think we've been doing pretty well lately. You, you've cooled a little after being – smoking hot and nearly taking over our podcast lead in the best bets. I'm happy to say that I think my lead is still at two and a half games, but uh, we're both trying to shoot for two and O's as much as I like winning the race. Uh, I'm, I'm all about the team here. And uh, I got to say that blue Jays, white Sox series, I'm not, it's a battle of underachieving teams. That's for sure. I do feel a lot better about the blue Jays, but the white Sox 
uh, seeing Danny Mendek towards ACL who was filling in for injured players. Uh, and then, I mean, I think Joe Kelly closed that game on Monday. So that speaks to what that bullpen looks like on top of the 11 or 12 innings that I had to suffer through on Tuesday night. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to two and a week uh, or weekend and then giving everyone some series spotlight information. Yeah, man, look, this is, this is exactly what Griffin and I have been working on. We came together not knowing each other at all. And we did our first two episodes were basically a practice run to see if we would fit and work together. And we've done that. And now 26 episodes later, we're getting a third one. So, I mean, without further ado, do you want to just jump into our series spotlight here? I know I keep reiterating the third episode. I'm just so excited. I want people to understand that with hard work, you get an extra, you get a little gift to the rest of the people here. We've been giving gifts for so long. You know? And we're not done, uh, we, too. And we're not done with this oh, episode. We're not done. No, we're not done, but we'll give him a little bit. But uh, Griff, with uh, that being said, the series spotlight that you're looking forward to the most going into this weekend, what we got? Oh, I thought you were going first. Well, I will go first and uh, let you tease the people. Um, I will admit that you picked the best one, but I think mine's a pretty close second. I think I'm so, going uh, down to hot Atlanta. Unfortunately, I was there a couple weeks ago and there's uh, the Braves are out of town. But yes, steamy hot, like they're giving out water. It's been so hot there. Uh, the Atlanta Braves are hosting the Los Angeles Dodgers and what should be, I mean, if you can do better than that this weekend, I mean, there is one series out there that potentially is, but I feel like this is a one B to potentially your one a, and I got to say, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Uh, two teams that are playing really great. Um, the Braves, I think have three losses this whole month or something. Don't quote me on that, but something really low. And, uh, they're coming in here, you know, I don't I haven't loved what the Braves have been doing, but they've been winning a lot of games. Hard to argue with that. And they go Ian Anderson, Max Freed, Spencer Strider. Um, I, you know, that middle Max Freed, I think is the best pitcher on the staff. The ace Strider off a bad start uh, should bounce back. And this would be a good test for, for those pitchers and really seeing if Max Freed can do it yet again against the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers, meanwhile, are throwing Julio, Julio Urias, uh, Andrew Heaney, and Tony Gonsolin. Gonsolin of the 9-0 and record right now to start the year. Uh, not a huge pitcher wins guy, but hard to argue with that. Um, and it's going to be a big series from two teams that are clearly going for it. The, the Braves took off after a really poor first half last year, and uh, this year started poorly, but maybe that was a little bit of a World Series hangover, and I guess you're allowed to do that when you win it and put a huge pearl earring in the middle of it or whatever uh, they did for Jack Peterson. Um, Dodgers, I mean, big test, but probably see the Dodgers favored each game of the series. Maybe not freed against Heaney, but also could be. Uh, and I'll be looking to back the, uh, the Bravos at home, I think, if I get the opportunity. Big series. Big series for the Bravos. They're four games back in the National League East. The Mets are playing the Marlins this weekend. We will talk about that series of that one game game. That's what you're Friday. going with. You're going with. Nope, 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 nope. Just teasing the folks. Uh, no, I'm going to go with an obvious one here. I'm going with the Yankees and the Astros series. It is a matchup, maybe one of the best series of the year so far for the fact of how amazing the Yankees have been. And also the Astros took this division by storm after the Angels absolutely imploded, losing 14 in a row. Now they have a 10-game lead in first place in that division 
And really, I don't think there's anybody else coming to come close now, unfortunately, with Seattle absolutely being a dumpster fire as well. But the Yankees just continue to win. They have a 12-game leave over the Blue Jays. But this is more than – look, if, this, if, they, if it's a series split, doesn't really matter for both of these teams, right? And in the division, it's more of a rivalry that started ever since the 2017 cheating scandal happened. Both these teams don't like each other. I think um, they still have a bunch of players from that 2017 Astros team is still there. And you still have a, a lot of the roster from the 2017 Yankees still there. So there is still some bad, bad blood. We already saw it in game one so far. Um, first pitch of the game, I think it was the second pitch. Of second, the game. second, second. Tie on hit Jose Altuve right in the in the back. Altuve's had a good night, and now it's I think it's a six to three game. Now, yeah, six to three game in the top of the fifth. Astros are leading, but besides that, so we have Valdez and Tyon in game one. Game two, we have Verlander, who's had an unbelievable year so far, versus Luis Severino, who's had a bounce back year. Very impressive to see. You have Christian Javier versus Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole had a great start back in Tampa against Shane McClanahan. And Javier has been a bright surprise after being a reliever last year, now looking into being a full-time starter. And to wrap up this series on Sunday at 1.35 Eastern time, you have Jose Urquidy versus potentially your ALE, your American League All-Star team starter, Nestor Cortez. I think that – I think it's not going to go to him. I think it's going to be McClellan. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa! I mean, are we are we drinking some some Kool Aid straight out of the Bronx right now? Nestor Cortez is going to start the All Star game. What? I mean, the guy. I think the, his last couple starts have been a little shaky. I want to say Nestor Cortez Jr. Um, I'm just looking up his stats real quick, so I don't sound like a complete I mean, idiot. He's he's not been as good. I mean, what an awesome year for him so far. Can't argue with that. Uh, I would I would. I mean, I don't have someone in mind right now that's going to start. I mean, I think Shane McClanahan is the. I think it's obvious. Alec Manoa could be up there. You know? Yeah, Manoa. It's it's those three guys from the AL East. I think Cortez maybe, you know, last the beginning of the month you could have maybe put in arguably, but now his ERA is put up to a two three one. Where on July second, no June second, it was at a one five zero. So it's almost a full run up. But um, either way. This is a great series. This is a great pitching matchup all around. You have explosive players. And like I said, you know, if they split, which is can definitely happen, they could definitely split in this series. I don't think one team will be swept. I mean, you know, never know, but I don't think, I don't think it'll happen. But anyway, it's not going to be a real L in the loss column. If they lose a lot of games in the series, it's more the rivalries at stake. You want I mean, Yankee both, fans really want to destroy good. the Astros. They really, really want to. Yankee fans really want to. But um, if this is a game, these two games we mentioned, even the, the even your your game, there's implications from a few years ago. I mean, in the world in the playoffs. So it's these two teams have played each other countless times in the playoffs. So there's a little bad blood. You know, it's nice to finally see some teams that are actually competing playing each other instead of uh, I don't know, half the league that's trying to lose. Um, so that, I'm happy to see that. I do think, um, I mean, seeing Severino, Garrett Cole, and Nestor Cortez this week, and uh, clearly Cortez is, the I think, the weakest of them, despite his numbers so far this year. But that is a really tough lineup to beat. And you really need four starters in, in the playoffs. Um, I, Montgomery's been decent. I mean, Tyone 8-1 before tonight has been pitching really well as well. 
I mean, trying to poke holes in the Yankees, it, it's tough. I mean, I think bullpen, but they'll add at the, at the deadline, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, might even grab David Bednar from Pittsburgh. I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. But, I mean, Verlander, Christian Javier, and Urquidy, and on the road, it's going to be a tough series for the Astros. But the nice thing for both these teams, as you already mentioned, they're both up double digits in both their divisions. I really hope that we have more than just the AL Central on the line, but, but that's one's looking closer and closer. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but um, I, I'm looking forward to those series for sure this weekend. There's some others that are interesting as well. Yeah. I, I You know what? The, the one game I'm looking at here, Griff, is game two tomorrow. Verlander, this is what he, he loves. He loves these spotlights. He loves pitching the Bronx. He dominates the Yankees. If he was, or when he was a Ranger or as an Astro, he's always – always rough them up. I can't maybe one time I want to say. I remember when A-Rod hit his, I think his 3,000 hit. That's what against Verlander. And that's the only real like bright spot I guess I have the Yankees against Justin Verlander. So, but also, um, also one thing on tonight's Brad broadcast, Carlos Beltran, who is a member of the 2017 Houston Astros in the Yankees broadcast booth. You don't think that was planted uh, perfectly for this series? Of all the, the the games series for him to do, I mean, I don't know why Paulo Paul O'Neill must be uh, playing golf this weekend or something like that. It's hilarious to me uh, that that would be because that seems really awkward. But maybe a uh, non dramatic uh, yes network was trying to go for the drama this weekend. Of course they are. But um, that's our series spotlight. Two great series to look forward to. Two series to really bet on heavily. And before we get into our Friday slate, like we do every single Friday, I have a gift. Another one. We gave you the Wednesday episode. I'm going to give you a free 25. You guys like free money? Griff, I do. You like free money? You, I love I free do. Money. But in order to have this free money, you need to be signed up for pregame.com. Well, if you haven't yet, it's it legit takes no time at all. Pregame will give you a free 25 site purchase just for signing up. Sign up takes about 90 seconds and you can take advantage of being a site member by making and tracking your own picks. You can post your own picks and analyze it in our pregame.com forums. Always look at that. Draw a following and become a valued member. Sign up today and receive $25 site credit to purchase premium picks from one of pregame's very own professional handicappers today. Get your free best bet right now. Free 25. Go right now. Sign up for pregame.com. Griff, let's get right into it. Let's get into it. We're going to start in the NL, per usual, uh, with the Mets at the Marlins. Taiwan Walker at Sandy Alcantara. Currently, Alcantara minus 125 favorite over under 7.5. And And this is a, a quick turnaround from Alcantara being pretty good against the Mets. Maybe dominating. I don't know. Not my words. Someone's probably said it. And he's been dominant this whole year. Might go the whole game. Might probably goes eight innings which is incredible in this era of baseball. Um, but Alcantara minus 125 favorite is is uh, a little bit pricey for a Marlins team that, um, I don't know, can't really hit. They've been better at home, but most teams are. And uh, there's some big questions in that Miami bullpen behind them as well. But uh, we're Sandy was a pretty big dog in, in, uh, in City Field uh, in Queens on Sunday, I want to say, and uh, did win that game. So, what do you think? Do you think uh, the Mets can get to Mr. Alcantara? Huh. I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know. I mean, the last time I bet on Alcantara, the, the 
Marlins walk, lost in a walk-off, and Alcantara just needed one out to get out of the eighth. Yep. And they didn't. Not his it. fault, really. Pretty good, no. pretty good performance every time he goes out there. Yeah. It was, I think, overmanaging by Manny Lee. I think that was it. And then Anthony Bass blew it. Never it heard of that before. Ah, uh, never heard of that. Um, but besides that, Alcantara has had good stuff throughout his the last couple of years. But this is the time we're actually seeing what he can do. He is throwing upwards of 98 to 100 every single fastball he throws. This Mets team has been a bright surprise. I was on Fordham University's radio station over the weekend as a guest, and they asked me about what, what are the holes in this lineup? What happens when Alonzo's not on his team? Because Alonzo is the big catalyst for this team. Now, if you're betting out there, you have to understand that Pete Alonzo is the catalyst and he is the leader on the offense. Francisco Lindor has not only had a great season, but if one of those guys aren't hitting, I've seen it kind of that their team isn't together in, 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 in I can't even talk. They don't work together. If one of those guys is not working, it's the, the lineup has a hard time driving in runs. McNeil is an average guy, base hits. He's not going to be driving a lot of runs. Mark Canis has been a bright spot this year. But when you're going up against a guy like this, it is tough. And this is a gigantic ballpark as well. So it is just tough to hit in general. I know the Mets are a good team. Uh, it's a close line here, but I'm going to be taking the Marlins and Alcantara again. I don't, I'm, this might have been an easy pick to some people, but watching the Mets every night here in New York, and covering them, this it, it is a hard pick because they are very good offensively. But I don't know if I'll, I think Alcantara will shut it down. So, other than the Yankees, who are way ahead in run differential in the AL, which I guess is a little bit skewed by how many position players are pitching, but the Mets are up there uh, 64 runs, better by 17 than Atlanta, um, only behind San Diego, believe it or not, second best in the NL behind the Dodgers. And Tywin Walker's been striking out a lot of guys, and I feel like um, that's not really who he is. I feel no, like he's always all. had great stuff, but um, actually just too much letting it get put in play, and that's when errors or bad shifts or home runs is probably most likely happens. Um, I, I'm interested in Tywin Walker because I feel like, as you mentioned, the huge ballpark um, that's where long orders like the Mets that might not have the top three that are the best out there, but are going to work at bats, going to make it difficult. The hard part then is that you got to bet against Henny Alcantara. And I just don't know that Taiwan Walker is going to outpitch him. However, as an underdog, Matt's probably worth it, but might be the last time you see them underdog in this series. And I don't know if Sandy Alcantara is the one that I want to play against. Next, we'll go to the Dodgers at the Braves. My series spotlight. We got Julio Urias at Ian Anderson. Currently Urias, a minus 126 road favorite over under his nine. And uh, that's saying something. Ian Anderson, I feel like he just never is going to have control. Uh, I mean, never is a long time, but that's been a big problem of his for years, even though he's been around for a long time and it's been serviceable. But uh, relying on a changeup against a Dodger lineup that's so, so deadly is scary. I mean, plus 129 run differential is incredible, only behind the Yankees right now. Um, whereas Urias, who has not didn't really start the year very well and, and does struggle with missing bats himself, uh, he's been really good lately. And I feel like uh, the Braves bullpen, I mean, with Kenley Jansen in there, that will be a weird reunion against the Dodgers, yeah. who he played for his whole career. But um, 
it's, it's hard for me to want to back the Braves here, even though I like home dogs uh, as much as I do. You know, we, we've been doing this podcast all season long. When have we ever seen a line this small for the Dodgers? We're seeing lines upwards of one eight, minus 180 or seeing minus 200, minus 250. So that's something, be, yeah. yeah, even 300. That's something to say. That's something to say for the Braves and how good they've been. So they're going to, they're really going to compete with this team. I think, I think it's going to be a tough day for Ian Anderson. Um, he is, I think, a sleeper in this rotation down the stretch of the season. But I think in this game, it's going to be kind of tough for him. Yeah. I, I would like to – I just don't know. I think Freed is, is the guy to back here. I totally agree. Maybe maybe he won't be an underdog at, at home. I mean, it depends. It's, it's, I mean, such a big series. The Dodgers have so – Dodgers are so strong. And I feel like – I mean, Heaney has had a really good start the year. That might be the one if you're going to play the Braves, but they might even be a favorite in that one. Next we'll go Cubs at Cardinals, which I think has Sunday Night Baseball this weekend, even though it's one of the worst matchups out there, I feel like. Um, Kyle Hendricks, who's been – a gas can uh, at Andre Palante, who just keeps showing up on this podcast, which is nice because I've been able to learn his name. Uh, didn't know what the A was at the beginning when he first showed up. Palante currently a minus 154 favorite over under his nine. And I feel like there's a, a part of me that wants to think that Kyle Hendricks is going to return because it's not like he's lost velocity. And that's been a big problem because he's never had it, but that guy, I mean, he's on a bad team now and he's, I mean, has always defied gravity or logic on how good he was. Uh, Palante isn't, I mean, it feels like a big favorite for me for the Cardinals who just came off a, a pretty big series with the Brewers. But um, I think the Cardinals are a way better team. So I just, I feel like it's more likely Hendricks gets bombed than even hangs around in this one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, I think he screwed me on the very first bet I had on this podcast. So I think I'm Possible. just going to hate, I think I'm going to hate Kyle Hendricks for the remainder of the season. So that's my take on that. Yeah. Okay. I'll move on next to Philly at San Diego, which is an underrated series. Phillies are playing a lot better. And surprisingly, the Padres are the second best run differential in NL. I would not have gotten that one. I don't think uh, before just looking at it, but Aaron Nola, who's been great at mass, uh, excuse me, Mackenzie Gore, who's been not great lately. has been struggling. Um, and currently, Noah, Nola is a minus 119 road favorite over under a seven. I was looking to try to back Nola as, a, as an underdog. I think that was not really what I expected, but it's something I was hoping for. Uh, do you think Mackenzie Gore can get it back? Because he's, he's had trouble with his location, his control lately. I, I think I'm going to go with Mackenzie Gore here. I really do. It's a heavy, you know, lefty lineup. You got the big dogs in Schwarber and Harper in the middle of that lineup. And of course, you know, Didi Gregorius as well. But I, um, yeah, I like Mackenzie Gore, even with his struggles of, as of late, the, the, the offense for the Phillies is the, the team. That's the team. And, and when you can slow down a couple of those big bats, it's going to be a tough day for him. And the fact that the, the Padres are, I knew they were a high power offense because Child's having an MVP type season. The Hosmer's hitting better. Um, you know, you have other guys in that lineup that are contributing at, you know, you know, Trent Grisham's not having a fantastic year. But besides that, you have guys that are putting things together. And this is also without Fernando Tatis Jr., who just took batting practice the other day. So if you're the Padres and you like betting on the Padres, get ready for the offense to be even better down the stretch. But when it comes to this game, well, I like Mackenzie Gore. 
I, I, I like the home dog as well. I do think so. Uh, Machado's ankle problem, which I mean, maybe he's going to come back. I mean, it seemed like he's even being talked about coming back soon, which is surprising me because that ankle thing, I didn't actually see it just the start of the play. And then everyone's saying, Oh, look away if you don't like those sort of things. So I listened and looked away, but um, if he's not in the lineup, that makes a little more sense for this number though. Uh, I do think that if, if Kenzie Gore can hang around and keep this tight with Aaron Nola, I would give the, the Padres, I almost said chargers. Wow. I would give the Padres a big advantage in the bullpens. Uh, and that's to me, what this game is about is trying to find uh, underdogs at home that have a better bullpen. It's just, Nola's been so good. He's had some bad outings, but usually they've been, when he was way ahead or something of that nature. So I feel like he's been keeping the Phillies in this. I think he's a big reason why the Phillies have turned their season around. And uh, I, but I think I'm with you. I think it's gore or nothing to me because I don't think Noel is going to move to an underdog. Last game in the NL because we got a ton of interleague play uh, lot, this weekend. Actually. And we got Cincinnati at San Francisco, Ashcraft and Alex Cobb. And Alex Cobb is minus 191 favorite over under is eight. That's probably the biggest I've seen as Cobb a favorite. I, I've been – in love with the Giants, I've said it loud and proud uh, for a couple weeks now, but I got to say, uh, it's a pretty big number for Cobb, who's just as likely to get injured in the first inning as anybody. And uh, Ashcraft has been getting weak contact. Go ahead. But like, and also Cobb's been just struggling here, Griff. I mean, the ERA is high to be a, a continuous starter in this league. Five, six, two ERA. We were gotten. We, I think we both got. I, I was a little on, a little off the Alex Cobb train in the beginning of the season. Oh, I've been on. I, You've I've been, been on it since the, the conductor. Beginning. Yeah, I'm right. probably going choo choo. Yeah, because the guy is, you know, he's throwing. He, he's throwing Ched. He's th- he, the the miles per hour has increased on his fastball from a year ago, which is the big surprise. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's in this rotation at, from the beginning. But I, I I I have faith in this offense because. The Reds just suck absolutely <laughs> everything. So, uh, look, I know Alex Cobb stinks, but the rest of this offense, I think, can really take control and hopefully dominate the series. I mean, it should be a big series for them coming off of, I mean, a long road trip. Maybe that explains a little bit of a slow start to it or something like that. Um, and I got to say, the San Francisco bullpen, besides – do, uh, excuse me, Doval is is looking scary right now. But um, Dominic Leone's been pretty good. And ultimately, if, if the Giants are going to be a contender, they should get at least win this series and, and potentially sweep it because the Reds are not good. Moving to the AL and we get your series spotlight. We got Verlander at Severino. Severino, a slight favorite for a Yankee, minus 118 at home, over under seven and a half. And uh, I got to say, I, I, I backed the Astros tonight. I like that they, I feel like, are a little bit under the radar, their offense. But uh, Severino's been really good. And this seems like too cheap of a price to me in the Bronx. I am about to look up, just give me one moment, his record against the Yankees. I want to say I'm right. Okay, so it's not crazy good. It's not crazy bad. Verlander's career against the New York Yankees, he's 8-7 and seven with a 3-5-5 ERA in 102. 39 innings pitched, 135 Ks. So he's had his experience, 22 game starts. It's enough experience and enough of a glimpse of what it takes to play against the Yankees in the Bronx or away from the Bronx. Uh, am I going to really take the Verlander train right now? 
<sighs> Whoa. I mean, because his career ERA overall is 330. So uh, basically the, the, the Yankees to him are a little bit worse. But, I mean, ultimately the Yankees have had one of the better rosters for the whole time that you've been alive. Though I'm not sure they've won a World Series yet. Mm, very funny. Um, they've, <laughs> I, I've been I've been alive since '95, so they've won a few. They missed the playoffs once in those those 27 years of living. God, so, what a great year that was! Go ahead. What a going. great year, 2008. Cried every day. Um, oh man, bad for the, the investing markets as well. Keep going. <laughs> um, look, Severino, like I said in the beginning, my series spotlight has been really impressive this year. He has been a huge part in this rotation because this was almost the missing piece. Not having Severino the last couple of years has been a you know really kicking the dick, but is he's been very consistent. He's racking up the strikeouts. He's one less than Verlander. It's just Verlander is a different animal, guys. I'm telling you, although the spotlight's on, I know this is a regular season game in the middle of June, at the end of June, it's fucking matters. Okay. I'm going to take the Astros in this. I'm Whoa! I am. I, I'm not taking them for the series, but I'm gonna. I, like I said, it could, this this series could freaking split. I said it three three or four times tonight. Uh, I'm going to take Verlander and the Astros, though. We really haven't seen the Yankees really get like we've seen it a couple of times, not frequently like other teams. We haven't seen the Yankees get absolutely dominated that many times against a pitcher this year. Really haven't seen yeah. that many times. Two times. I'll, I'll throw Alec Manoa. I think he's been pretty good against them for his whole yes. career so far, but not many. I mean, but that's it's also hard to be dominant against a team that has won uh, 51 of their first 69 nice games. There we go. Got it. has been a while since we had a good 69 to throw in there. So that's right. Um, I got to say, I do like Severino. Uh, I do think, to, to what you said, Severino's been striking out a lot of guys. I feel like the Astros don't strike out, which is a concern. Um, but I just, I don't know. Part of me is, I, I, I mean, I picked Verlander as my Cy Young. I don't think that's necessarily going to come through. But um, I don't know. He's got, hopefully he gets a lot of games starting in the AL West uh, in the middle of summer when everyone else is dealing with uh, humidity. And in Seattle, you're pitching on 62 degrees out or in Oakland, same way. Um, next I'll move on since we probably spent an hour on that part of the series so far, the yeah. Red Sox at oop, almost went old name guardians Pavetta. We've been, at so, we, we've been so good at not saying it. I think we get to get ourselves a pat on the back. I think, I, I, agree. Think, so, I think we deserve a, a third episode for that. Pavetta <laughs> minus one ten uh, on the road. Eight and a half is the over under. And as Altuve doubles yet again, uh, I got, so Cal Quantrill, you know, he pitches the contact. Pavetta, I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Nick Pavetta because he has had an awesome curveball and, and really has looked like an awesome pitcher at times for so long and then absolutely gotten demolished right after he looked good. And he's been pretty hot lately where he's going to face a Guardians lineup that is Jose Ramirez and a lot of singles hitters. Um, and, and I got to say, I, I like that. I don't know that the Red Sox bullpen has been figured out, but Tanner Houck as a closer has been – a huge step up for them um, because thank God Robles isn't, isn't back there again. And uh, the tribe look like a team. If they can get a lead late to their bullpen, they're going to hold it, but I don't know how they get there. Pavetta impressed me last postseason. Really did. He impressed. I, I think a lot of people I'd say Pavetta was a spot starter with the Phillies. 
that was really who he was. He was a spot starter, maybe a fourth or fifth starter if he had his name penciled in for a few consecutive starts. But Pavetta has turned himself around into being a pitcher to be taken serious. I wouldn't say a legitimate threat, but I think right now with the curveball and he's I, – I do have to say this too. He can really spot pitches really well. His accuracy is – I'm very – his command is very good. I'm going to take the Red Sox and Nick Pavetta in this. I As as much of a uh, – you know, we've got a, a, a nice little guardian team here that's been kind of impressive of how they're playing. They're a gritty team. They don't have all the huge names. You know, Framo Reyes can barely swing the bat, but he has his moments. And they have, you know, Naylor, who's been extremely impressive this year. So clutch. Eyes. So clutch. And that's what I'm saying. And these are the teams that can really screw you in September – August and September. These are the teams that are going to be fighting. That division's going to be fighting to the end because the Twins seem to have really rough stretches, and also they have to have really good nights as well. Even Correa hit two home runs last night. We'll probably talk about him in a second. But I, um, I'm going to go Red Sox here. I think Pavetta's been really impressive so far this year, 82 Ks, and uh, I think he's going to continue his success against the Guardians. Yeah, I'm looking forward to um... – Seeing if Pavetta moves to an underdog, I think that will be uh, my uh, potential play, if that's the case. Um, next, I'll go to – and interesting to see the Guardians are leading the AL Central, but have played six less games than the Twins, which sounds absolutely ridiculous. For uh, But I imagine it's because not a lot of stadiums have roofs, so that's probably some rainouts or the reason for that. Next, we'll go Oakland at Kansas City. Cole Irvin at Zach Grinke, who I guess is back from the dead. Um, this is a crazy game to watch. I'm stopping what I'm doing. I'm canceling all my I plans. mean, I hot date, you know, tell him sorry. Uh, can't make it tonight. Got, Cole uh, Irvin's on. Good, got some good <laughs> pitching to contact. There's probably going to be two strikeouts in this whole game. They might both be by Cole Irvin. And uh, Zach Grinke is a minus 128 favorite over under is nine, which is large for these two offenses. But Kansas City had a pretty good series at the Angels, which just might be a joke. So maybe that's uh, not something we should really consider anymore. But um, currently, I got to say, you know, Cole Irvin has been pretty good. His bullpen behind him, uh, I believe the A's blew a game today in the ninth inning, a one nothing lead after a, a, a no-hit bid. And the Mariners did not get a hit in the ninth inning, yet took a 2-1 victory out of it. Pretty hard to do that, but... AJ Puck is now closing, and that's been a roller coaster his whole career, despite a lot of hype about him. Danny Jimenez is on the uh, on the IL. It's just like I don't really know what to say about about all this sort of stuff. But Zach Greinke seeing him as a minus one twenty eight favorite does not compute. Uh, I feel like we got a zero in the denominator right now. If you're a math guy, Taylor, um, what do you got in this game? Yeah. First of all, shout out AJ Puck, Florida Gator legend. Um, uh, uh, minus 128 for Zach Ranke is the weirdest thing I've seen all day. And I've, I've seen some weird stuff today. I was driving a lot today. So a lot of crazy drivers out there. But Zach Ranke uh, with a 505 ERA does not have a win on the season. He really hasn't been a strikeout guy majority of his career. He's not going to do that for you. And the offense for the Royals might be a little bit better than the than the A's, like might be a little bit. But I'm gonna I, I can't Granky hasn't done anything. So I'm gonna I, I can't pick him. I'm gonna go with the road underdogs and Cole Irvin in the A's. I mean 
surprising to hear you like in the A's, even though I feel like you pick Paul Blackburn every time he starts. I got um, it. Yeah. He finally had a little bit of trouble in paradise this week, but yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm ready to downgrade the Oakland triple athletics to double a athletics now, but the Royals are in triple a. And so maybe they, I don't think they deserve these this big of a favorite though. So uh, if you're playing the oh, stock weird. market, maybe play the, the A's to see that number crash down before first pitch. Next we'll go Baltimore at Chicago white Sox edition. This is uh, Bradish at Michael Kopech. Currently, Kopech a minus 162 favorite at home. Over-unders, eight and a half. Um, I mean, those pesky O's, you know, hanging out finally in last place as they think they're bound to be in a pretty good division. Um, but Kopech has got some, maybe a knee issue. And, and the White Sox have been the, the most disappointing team in the big league so far. One game under 500, unless you got someone else you're less impressed by. Maybe it's the Mariners. I don't know. But yeah, anyway, awesome. stick to this one. Uh, you, you think the O's can uh, go on the road and, and inflict some more pain on the White Sox? Look, I'm not a major league pitcher, Griff. If I was, I wouldn't be doing this. But I'm looking at Kyle Bradish. How much longer is this guy going to be in the rotation? How much longer? A 7-3-8 ERA in the major leagues as a rotation guy? How much longer are we going to do this, Baltimore? How, how much longer? Now, I'm not saying the White Sox are any better, but Kopech's a lot better than Bradish here. Kopech did deal with that knee injury. I don't know what his limitations are going to be like in this game. I'm assuming they're going to take things light, but I'm sure Kopech doesn't want that. Uh, yes, the White Sox have been a gigantic disappointment. Another game of the fans chanting, fire Tony. Again, this is the second time now. And yeah, I think the Mariners are, are neck and neck with the White Sox. I think the White Sox might have a little bit more of a uh, lead in that category, being the most disappointed because they killed it last year in the division. But let's go, let's go, Kopech and the White Sox. Okay, we'll move on next as you're running out of steam to those Mariners. Chris Flexen, who's been not flexing at all for a while now, he's on Michael this Lorenzen. podcast every freaking week. He he is a Friday, you know. His parents must love it because they don't have to worry about waking up for work the next day. Try saying that three times fast. Waking up for work. They don't have to worry about it because they get to stay up late watching their son, Chris, pitch to contacts uh, and not getting run support. But uh, Lorenzen currently a minus 156 favorite. The Wow. I I hadn't looked at these lines yet. I made them myself. Let's let's see for for the kids. What, What did I make this one? Uh, I made Lorenzen minus 130, so it's not that far off, but this is monstrous. And Michael Lorenzen, who pitches the contact just as much as Flexen, does have Shohei Otani, I'll admit, but like if you're not walking him at this point after you get Trout, like I, I just there's no protection in that lineup whatsoever that would make me concerned with, with pitching to Shohei. But anyway, uh, I do really like the Seattle bullpen, not sure how uh Giles is going to fit into it, but. Um, Seawald was great today. Diego Castillo has kind of come back from a pretty poor start to the season. Uh, I like flexing. I got to say, I'm, I'm considering uh, doing a little bit of flexing on my own. Interesting. Chris Flexen's your guy here. I'm, I'm interested. And, and I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing because Michael Lorenzen just faced this team on June 17th. So not too long ago. And Lorenzen got roughed up in a huge way. He let up seven earned runs in five innings, let up 
Uh, lump a home run ERA is now inflated to a four one five, and it was like a nice three four five before that uh, when he versed the Mets. And that, that was the start that I was extremely impressed with a few weeks ago when they faced the New York Mets. And he went almost seven innings of uh, really solid pitching, but. This offense stinks for the Mariners. They stink. They oh, stink. come on. They were smacking those double athletics around this weekend. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm telling go. you I'm, they were, but, but I'm, I mean, go, I'm, I'm just going to go the opposite direction. You pick Flex, I'm picking Michael Lorenzo. Okay. I don't, I don't like your hedge here. I'm not sure that they'll be a best bet, but they are definitely something I'm looking at, uh, my Friday card. Now we get to interleague, which uh, we'll start with. Uh, a really kind of interesting matchup Pittsburgh at Tampa, Mitch Keller at Springs. Uh, currently, Springs a minus 185 favorite over under seven and a half. And it's a nice little rematch from uh, the Critch Archer deal, who I think got Austin Meadows, who then got flipped, and Tyler Glass now, and probably the Pirates GM's firstborn son as well. Um, <laughs> yep. Nice little, nice little uh, return to town from. A bunch of players that probably will be playing. Uh, O'Neill Cruz probably on his way to Tampa. You got any thoughts on him before we get to this game? Uh, the kid's a stud. I've I've watched a few clips this earlier in the year in the minor leagues of what he can do, and then we saw his first week here. He was throwing ninety six from short. He's got a huge exit velocity on his hits. He's uh, he hustles. He is he's pretty tall too, isn't he? Somewhat six, seven. tall. Six, Aaron seven. Judge size playing shortstop. I don't know how much longer he'll play short. I think that's kind of a shorter position, right? Or you would say, like, I mean, to, if, to get down on a ground ball sounds like that's going to take a lot of time if you're six foot seven. He, but... he can play the outfield too. That's what I, I know that he can play the outfield. He play third, short, um, and all the outfield spots. I, I don't think he'll be a shortstop forever because of the height thing. I think it's very interesting. But the guy's got a freaking can. He can smack the ball around. Pirates got a few key guys that they're going to work with throughout the next few years. But um, that's the only reason I probably watched this game for him. Other than that, maybe Wander Franco. But other than that, this this game is kind of a uh, on the side of the race. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that Wander is going to be back for this series. Why rush him back for Pittsburgh? Though I did read, I know we're hot in Pittsburgh, but actually a, a different Twitter account saying that watch out for the, the Pirates, the way, the way they're playing. They might be in a playoff race soon. And I wanted to almost choke on my water at that, that point. Was, that, it, was, it, know, was this like someone of substance like that has like a following? I only follow people of substance. That's why I follow Taylor Ringgold at Taylor Ringgold on Twitter. Next, we'll go Washington at Texas. Pa- Paolo Espino at du- at Dane Dunning, who I have seen live, um, looks even weirder with the glasses in person. But Dunning <laughs> minus one fifty seven favorite over under eight and a half. And uh, the Nationals, you know, I mean, seeing Strasburg's little gonna have to have thoracic outlet syndrome again, surgery again, which seems really sad. I feel like the whole – I'm just sad for the Nationals considering where they are from where they've been. I mean, it won't take too long. They should, when you rebuild, there's no point in trying to make the playoffs. Just just go as bad as you can. But seeing the Rangers of mine 157 favorite is pretty high, but the Rangers are playing pretty well, so I'll give them that. Yeah, it's it's an unfortunate thing, right? And that it happens with majority of organizations. I wouldn't say every organization in baseball has had a – their, their rebuild errors and their winning errors 
it just kind of goes, the towel goes sometimes, but when you invest a lot of money on one player and then you have one player gone, it's kind of tough anyway. Yeah. There's not really a more of a debate on this. Um, yeah. I think we, we know where our opinions stand here. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do think that you love the nationals, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave the nationals behind. Shut Next up. we'll go Rockies at twins Marquez at Bundy. Uh, Another monstrous favorite that makes no sense to me. Dylan Bunny minus one fifty-one over under is nine and a half. I will say the Twins team is is pretty strong and hits a ton of home runs, and I'm I'm worried that Herman Marquez is just not really a, a pitcher that he used to be in the past, and his years in Colorado wasted that big arm of his. Um, but Dylan Bunny minus one fifty-one coming off a good start, I'll give him that. But still, uh, that's a monstrous number for Dylan Bunny, who throws ninety mile an hour fastballs. Uh, at the top of the strike zone. Yeah, Marquez, big strikeout guy. I know that for, for that effect. He was big strikeout guy, 200 plus. Um, I kind of like I kind of like the Rockies because so the Rockies offense has been kind of a surprise this year. And I know they're they kind of suck, but um Dylan Bundy legit throws meatballs, he throws batting practice. So um what do you think about the offenses though when it comes to Dylan Bundy? Like, do you think the Rockies might have a nice shot against him. It's hard because unfortunately the Rockies, they just, whenever they leave course field, they look really average or below average or worse than below average. And I feel like they have players that we've seen get big hits in the mountains. And that makes us believe that they're better hitters than they are. I do think that this, I mean, it's hard. I think, I think if, if, if you're having a, if you're killing it this season, I think a play in the Rockies makes sense. Um, but I think it's just one of those where I'm going to be a little more conservative. Uh, next we'll go Toronto at Milwaukee, which could have been a really big series if not for Milwaukee's major struggles, or you could almost call it an implosion of late. They are tied in the lead uh, for the NL Central though, so not all is is lost just yet. Got a good win today. Uh, but Alec Manoa minus one forty three road favorite to Adrian Hauser over under is eight and a half, and and Hauser is just going to throw the fastballs, sinkers to a, a Jays lineup that's going to swing first pitch. They're not really going to work them, but that's because they really want to get him out of the – they want to keep him in the game as long as possible because uh, I'd be afraid of that Milwaukee Brewers bullpen. And, uh, well, I see you doing sit-ups in the background. Um, what, what do you think about um, Alec Manoa potentially keep – I mean, I don't think – going on the road's not great, but I'm not sure that the Brewers are really going to mess with – What's been such great chi from Alec Manoa so far? I like this this series in general. It's a big test for the Brewers overall, being that they are a struggling offense versus right off the bat, it's kind of tough to face Alec Manoa being. I know I said, you know, Cortez could be a front runner, and then I said maybe for the starter for the American league all-star game, but Manoa looks like it as well. Like you mentioned, and I mentioned Shane McClanahan as well, but Manoa has really solidified him as, as a future ace and absolutely dominating baseball for years to come. I mean, this is his second season and we're seeing him absolutely carve up really good lineups. And then this is a lineup where Manoa can really dominate against. So if the Brewers are going to have any luck in this series, they should start off right now and uh, right off the bat in this 
opening game against um, Alec Noah in the Blue Jays. I, I do like the Brewers as a home dog because they have a better bullpen, but um, I don't. I don't think that's enough here. Unfortunately, I feel like they're going to be. They might be too far out of it by the time it happens. Next and and last but not least, before we get to our best bets, is the Detroit Tigers visiting the desert Arizona. Uh, Rony Garcia at Merrill Kelly. Kelly's been pretty good lately, and he's a minus one fifty nine home favorite. Over under is eight and a half. And and I got to say, uh, the Tigers bullpen looks good, but I don't know how they hang in this one with the vaunted arm of that Merrill Kelly, who's been a lot better this season. Um, they're trying some new arms out in the rotation. And unfortunately, I feel like the the Diamondbacks are not exactly uh, a prom queen. And this is a big number for them to lay minus 159. I just feel like uh, the Tigers, they just they can't hit at all. And, and it's really kind of sad that they're wasting what looks to me like a, a playoff quality bullpen. The offense is atrocious. It's it's beyond embarrassing how bad they hit. But for for Tigers fans, they have something to look forward to in the future with all their big prospects, Riley Green, Torkelson, Javi, another year with him. So you kind of put all that together, you might have something next year. But this year, not so much. Miro Kelly, another shout-out for him. He's almost on every podcast we talk about. Him, <laughs> him, Paul Blackburn. Who else did we mention tonight? We mentioned Flexen. Flexen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flexen. So another shout-out for those guys. Uh, yeah, I just think as much as how impressive this bullpen is for the Tigers and also, you know, school bull's been incredible this year. I don't know how you don't bet against the Tigers offense. I know at any given day this team can score nine runs. But overall, this lineup is a legit a hot piece of trash. I mean, I'll I'll admit I'm looking for whenever the Tigers are a favorite to go against them. I just I don't even know who that's going to be. Maybe at home against the Royals coming forward, but like maybe they got to play some really bad. Maybe against the Athletics if they play them more. It's just it's tough because unfortunately the really bad teams that we want to bet against they're not going to be a favorite too often. Um, and without further ado, I think it's time for our best bets. Before we get there, uh, I want to offer a GW, as in Griffin Warner, Woo! 20 promo code, 20% off for listeners for this uh, Major League Baseball podcast. Uh, it's good through July 31st. You got eight days to use it, 20% off my picks if you're interested. Uh, I usually put them out each night um, before I go to sleep so that uh, I can dream about other things, but try to get my work done overnight so people can play the stock market with me if you want to lock something in at night and then watch to see where the lines go. I've, I've had a pretty good track record so far this season of betting a lot of underdogs overnight that moved to favorites before game time not going to promise that but that's something that happens and something that i i try to play uh as as close attention to as possible or pay attention to excuse me but gw20 griffin warner 20 you get 20 percent off for anybody on the pregame.com website um you can lock in good prices on uh some picks coming up if you want to get in uh for my guy aj hoffman for his nfl or, or college football packages coming up you got fezzik and other uh, pretty prominent uh, pick sellers out there as well. So GW20, if you want to get in there. And then, uh, you know, without further ado, we'll get back to our best bets. Um, an 0-2, disappointing for both of us, but we're going to turn that around with hopefully a 2-0. and And I'll, I'll lead us off. I'm going to go with a slight road favorite here and Nick Pavetta and the Red Sox visiting the Cleveland Guardians. I uh, hope I didn't just steal yours, but um, I did. Okay, sorry. But um, Pavetta, you know, I, I feel like this this price might even get a little bit better by the time the game kicks off, but or kicks off, uh, first pitch is thrown. I, I just I don't like 
Quantrill. I feel like he's had pretty good numbers so far this year. I'm not sure I believe them. And I think he's going to have a tough time with a, a Red Sox offense. They can hit the ball really well. And uh, like we both kind of gushed about, about Nick Pavetta and uh, I'm going to let him try to break my heart here, even though I think he's going to be pretty good to me tomorrow. It's a, a pretty weak guardian offense. How about you? Very nice pick. Um, I'm going to go with Justin Verlander. I'm going to do it. This is the first time all year long that a best bet has been against the New York Yankees. I've only picked the Yankees, I would say, maybe once, I want to say. But this 12, is against 12 the times, 12 times, something like that? No, stop. Stop. I'm going with Justin Verlander at plus 108. Uh, it's in the Bronx against the best offense in baseball. Verlander is a shutdown pitcher in moments just like this. Knowing my luck, uh, it's going to be a close game. It's going to make me sweat. And I want to be on vacation while we do this. So, and I also want to tell the people that I'm we're recording an episode while I'm on vacation. I'm in Florida for a wedding on Monday and throughout the whole weekend. So, bring you content all the time here, boys and girls, all the time. We'll be we'll be potting for you as as much as I mean three times a week now. So make sure you guys tune in as much as you can. So uh, that's the. The Tigers plus 108 from Taylor Ringgold as his no, best bet. No, which, no, Astros. Oh, excuse Astros. me. Sorry, Astros. I got confused. Justin Verlander okay. used to pitch for the Tigers. Very good. We are avoiding good. the Tigers as much as we can on this podcast. Right. I'll say that again. Astros plus 108. Justin Verlander, he pitches for the Houston Astros. That's going to be Taylor's pick against his uh, beloved New York Yankees. But I got to say, short line at home, that usually says something. Short home favorites is, I think, where each casino is made. Uh, I'm going to go with the Red Sox minus 110, Nick Pavetta at Cal Quantrill, Red Sox at minus 110 at the Guardians. And you can follow me on Twitter, the real underscore G Warner. Taylor, give yours and get us out of here. You guys can follow me at Taylor Ringgold on Twitter, T-A-Y-L-O-R-R-I-N-G-O-L-D. Two promos, a lot of great content for you this episode. Serious Spotlight, our two best bets. And of course, the big news, a third episode per week, an episode on Wednesdays. So we have Monday content, Wednesday content, and Friday content for you kiddos. I'm really happy we got this third episode approved and we are getting it done. And that means more content for you people listening. We appreciate you. And we will catch you on Monday. See you then.